Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hi, everyone. Welcome to With Wit. To all of my new listeners, a very special hello to you. Thank you so incredibly much for tuning in. It means so, so, so much to me. I pour so much heart and soul into this, and so I'm so thrilled that you all are able to share this with me and that this means something to you. So anyways, if you like what you hear, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and leave me a review with anything you want to hear more of. I'm so excited to share this week's episode with you. So many of my social followers ask me for dating advice and sometimes I feel like I'm a little bit out of the game. I always really want to help but don't always know exactly what is best to say. So enter my guest, Demona Hoffman. Demona is a dating coach and TV personality who starred in the A&E Network's hashtag Black Love and A Question of Love. She's a contributor for CNN Headline News, BET, The Washington Post, LA Times, Match Dating App, and more. Demona is also the dating expert for The Drew Barrymore Show. Her advice has been featured in hundreds of publications, podcasts, and TV shows, and she was the subject of an Oprah cover story in 2019. She's the host of the Dates and Mates podcast. During our conversation, we talk about the effect that racial bias can have on dating, the power of curiosity and listening when meeting people, tips for setting up your online dating profile, and so much more. Plus, we answer questions you all submitted on my Instagram. Hope you all, single listeners or even married, we get into some marriage stuff too. I hope you guys love this one. I know I did. Here is Demona. Demona Hoffman, dating coach and TV personality. So excited to have you on today. I feel like in order for people to trust what you're about to, like the the advice you're about to give, I want to give like a little bit of a background of how you got started in this like super unique and interesting field. Well, quite by accident, actually. I... <laughs> I was once probably in the shoes of many of your listeners. I was frustrated with dating. I lived in LA. I was actually working in casting and I, you know, I wasn't sure if people wanted to date me or date my job. And 
I was teaching classes at night for actors and how to mm -hmm. market themselves and how to brand themselves. Cause I would see really talented actors that just didn't know what to do to get cast in the kind of shows that I was working on. And mm -hmm. at the same time I had started online dating and I started to realize the similarity between what I was telling actors about marketing themselves through their headshots and mm -hmm. what I had to do to sort of market myself through my dating profile photo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. like first date is an audition. <laughs> so, totally. <laughs> so once I figured the similarities out there, I realized that I actually had a system through all my years of casting that I could apply to online dating. I met my husband online. I'm embarrassed to say 18 years ago, I was like an oh, online dating my OG goodness. and I started coaching shortly after that. So I've, Oh my gosh. If, if anything, it would be the, why you should trust me is because I've been doing this for longer than probably some of your listeners have been, <laughs> have been around. And also I've been in their shoes. I've, I've done right. it. And then I've helped so many people over the last 15 years, find love both online and off. And I became certified about 10 years ago as both a life coach and then specifically as a dating coach to help people through the entire process, not just writing the profiles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's, it's really incredible. So I met my husband before dating online was really a thing before there were all these platforms. So it's a little bit, or maybe not before, obviously, because you said they have been around for almost 20 years now, but. But they weren't cool. They weren't cool. Yes. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Like when yes. my husband and I met, that's not what we told people. That's not. Our, but our it's so story. silly. <laughs> it's so backwards. It's so backwards. And I really want to like get rid of that bias right away about the thing that how people are like embarrassed to say that they're dating online or it's something that they're like, they feel like is a last resort. Like, what would you say to people that think that? Because I feel like that's so passe. It used to be stigmatized. I really yeah. feel like in the last few years and especially post pandemic, yeah. the stigma around online dating has pretty much disappeared. And yeah. people have realized that you know, when you are isolated in your home as, as really we are still going to be for a, a certain period of time, I hate to break the news to y'all, but you know, mm -hmm. it's still going to be weird to meet strangers and hundred percent online dating provides you an opportunity to access a wide pool of dating of daters and to screen through people before you get to the date. Now, of course, with that comes a bunch of challenges, which I'm sure you're, you're, listeners have written in about. But yes, with more with more opportunity comes more <laughs> difficulty with making all of this, the decisions and following through all the steps that you need to to get to love. So totally dive totally, into that. Totally. <laughs> so like in going through this whole experience and being in this industry for so long, what is the best dating advice you feel like you ever received that you pass along? Or what do you feel, even if you didn't receive it, something that you feel is, is the best dating advice that you have? The best dating advice is really to be authentic. I think what yeah. I would say is the worst dating advice that I received was, you know, you have to dress a certain way. You have to look a certain way to be attractive. And mm -hmm. I, I really fell into that line of thinking of, you know, the standard of beauty is one way and, and, you know, I, I'll admit, like, I spent a lot of years feeling unattractive, feeling mm -hmm. frustrated, like going out to bars and like 
all my friends are getting asked for their numbers and I'm like, what's going on? And then I realized when I started online dating that there were a lot of men that were interested in me and that were suitable partners for me, but they weren't necessarily the same guys that I would be meeting in bars. So people like to say, oh, I don't want, I don't want online dating to be my story. I don't, I don't like online dating. And they Mm -hmm. like to cut out one entire method of meeting people. But it's like, I didn't stop going to bars and parties because I hadn't Mm -hmm. met my match there. And so I'm like, oh, I hate Mm -hmm. bars and parties because Mm -hmm. there are, there are no guys here who like me. (laughs) I just abandoned my dating. Your dating pool. I, I mean, I think it's important to realize that the world is a large place and there are so many interesting, wonderful people that don't happen to be in our backyard that aren't at our corner bar, aren't at the place, aren't at the places we go to all the time where we're exposed to meeting new people. And so the, obviously we live in a time where we have modern technology and we should use it to our advantage in order to meet the person that is like the, I wouldn't say perfect for us because I do think that we do have a lot of soulmates out there. I agree. And now a word from our brand partner. So I have discussed Elemis a little bit on my IG. I tagged them a bunch because I use one of the Rose cleansing bombs, but I'm excited to work with them to introduce to you so many more of their amazing products and just to teach you a little bit about them too. Because for me, skincare, it's important to know the education and science behind it. And you really want, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's really all about the ingredients. So I think it's interesting to know a little bit about the brand story. Elemis is a number one luxury British skincare skincare brand that believes in truth in beauty. For over 30 years, they've introduced decadent formulations that respect the skin while delivering truly remarkable results you can see and feel. Expand on it. It's their best-selling cleanser and it's the Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm. And I'm obsessed with it. I have been using it actually for a couple months now. And for me, it's just like the perfect cleanser. You know how I talk about kind of creamy cleansers that don't leave your skin dry afterwards. This is that perfect one. And it's pro collagen. It has unique transformative texture that melts away every bit of makeup, grime, and daily impurities for a soft, smooth, and glowing complexion. It nourishes, like I said, as a bomb and easily removes makeup. Yesterday I had a shoot and was wearing so much more makeup than I usually do. And it's the bomb that I use to remove all my makeup as a cleansing oil and then actually hydrates as a cleansing milk. It feels like a spa in the jar. I'm hooked. And unlike other cleansers that leave your skin feeling dry and tight, like I was talking about, this one leaves your skin feeling nourished, soothed, and super soft. I love Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm so much. I want you to try it too for almost 20% off. Visit elemis.com and enter code WITHWIT20 to enjoy 20% off full-size product. That's elemis.com, E-L-E-M-I-S.com and enter code WITHWIT20 to enjoy 20% off full-size products. And now back to our chat. What would you say are the ways to make app dating successful? What would you say to people that are feeling just like a little bit burnt out by it? Okay. If you're burned out, first of all, take a break. And yeah, a lot of people get confused when I say that because they're like, what? You're like, okay, Cupid's dating expert. You're all about dating apps all the time. Why are you telling me to take a break, Demona? (laughs) And it's because I think you should only be dating from a place of wholeness. So Mm -hmm. if you need some time to work on your mental health, I too am 
a big fan of therapy and dating mm-hmm. coaching is not therapy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people think oh, I could just push through this. Like I'll just work with Demona and then I'll be on a lot of dates and then whatever, you know, blues I was feeling or anxiety I was feeling, maybe that'll just go away when I meet the right person. Right. Totally. No, no. that's separate. Mm-hmm. That's totally mm-hmm. separate. So mm-hmm. I think it's so important. You need to do your self-care. You need to do your mental health. All that stuff is the foundation that you're going to build whatever relationship you ultimately have off of this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that is step one. Step two is to also get clarity. Like we were talking earlier about who is this person? How do they enhance your life? What are your actual needs in a relationship? I I like to really narrow down to, instead of the list of qualities, the values and the goals. Mm -hmm. What does this person think about the world? What is their their vision for the future? Mm -hmm. Those Mm -hmm. things are ultimately more important to long-term compatibility than, you know, he has to be he has to be six feet because I'm five, eight. And when I wear my heels, I don't want to be taller. Right, 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 right. I have my clients even do meditation and visualization so they can really get into the feeling of how do you want to feel when you're with this person? Yeah. And then you'll recognize that feeling again. Yeah, that's really nice. Even if they're Mm -hmm. not all of the things, the boxes that you checked. So that's step one. Step one is always mindset. Step two is is sourcing. Where are you finding mm-hmm. your dates? So mm-hmm. the probably the most common question I'm asked is what is the best dating app to be on? I work with OkCupid. So full disclosure, I love OkCupid. Yeah. But I, on Dates and Mates, we talk about all different dating apps. Yeah. And my feeling is that you need to be on your soulmate app. It's as, as it's, as individual as finding your match, finding right. the, the best app for you. So the platform at, that works for you. Yeah. yeah. Look at the pool of matches. And most apps, you can you can create an account for free. You can start mm-hmm. looking at the people. Are you actually attracted to the matches that are there? Mm-hmm. And do you like the functionality? Like if you are burned out on dating apps and you are thinking, I can't possibly swipe another, another profile on Tinder, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is an exhausting process for you. Maybe maybe Tinder is not the right app for you. Maybe right, you right. Look at right. a hinge where you have a little bit more information. Or maybe you like the idea of Bumble where women mm-hmm. are initiating the messages. And I have a whole, I won't go on my whole diatribe on how I think women should be more proactive and should be driving the... <laughs> I should be driving. I agree. Courtship, but okay. Uh, yeah. I'll just leave that there for now because there are other important things to talk about. Um, no, but I'm with you on that for sure. So yeah, you got to get on the right app. I have my clients on at least two two apps, ideally. I find that three is sometimes too much to stay stay active and a little bit overwhelming. And I feel like yeah. that, that will lead to burnout faster. Yeah, exactly. But once you get your one main app down, you can add in a second app to have pepper in a little variety. Yeah, now totally. and then. But you're going to see a lot of the same people, the same profiles. But we're just looking for options. We're looking to mm-hmm. expand your dating pool. And then you have to make sure that your profile is really saying what you want it to say. So going back mm-hmm. to what you were initially asking me, what, what is the best advice? I said, be authentic. Right. And that has to come through in your dating profile. Like so many times I see 
dating profiles that look like Instagram, Instagram right. pages. And I'm like, this is not the same quality. This is not evoking the same feeling mm-hmm. that a dating profile should have because we want it. We want to take the filters off. We want to be right. authentic. We want to show, um, I talk about the three C's, color, context, and character. Color is just to draw the eye from a sea of swipes and make someone mm-hmm. stop and pay attention. Context is telling your story through your photos. And then character, that's the one that most people miss. That's that goofy, nerdy, weird, funny mm-hmm. side of you that, mm-hmm. you know, would make somebody actually say, this is a match for me, not just like, mm-hmm. oh, she's 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 pretty. I would like to say. Yeah. Or the part of you that you most identify with, a part of you that makes you feel the, the most you, you know? Yeah. Like try to evoke that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Because we want to think of in the profile, leaving threads for someone to take action. So a lot of times I, I hear frustration about, I only get like, hey, <laughs> hey girl messages, like really generic messages on dating apps. And mm-hmm. a lot of times I'll look at the profile and I'll, I'll say, what are you leaving for them to comment on? Right. It's just all a bunch of glossy photos of you smiling or hanging out with your friends. They can't really tell which one you are. (laughs) And they don't have any specificity, any specific details. Same thing in the written part of your profile. Right. Don't just say you love listening to music. Literally paint a picture for me. Tell me, tell me on a Sunday morning, you lay in bed until 10 a.m. And, you know, you listen. Listening to so-and-so. Yeah. I only listen to like show tunes right now and kids music, (laughs) but insert popular musician that people. Yeah, (laughs) totally, totally. Or like Paul Simon or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, like even uh, actually that brings up uh, a really useful tool. Nostalgia is a really great tool to use for connecting with someone, especially, you know, on a first date. So rather than just asking what, what do you do for work? Do you like your job? You know, having that same generic conversation that people have on first dates, Mm -hmm. dive deeper and say, what kind of music did your parents listen to when you were a kid? Or what, Yeah. what's the first concert that you went to? Or where did you, what did you do for summers when you were growing up? And then that sparks this whole feeling of reminiscing about about happy, carefree times. And then you can connect with that. Oh, I went to summer camp. I did go to summer camp. I didn't go to summer camp. We always traveled here. And that can really Mm -hmm. put you into, even if you grew up in completely different worlds and completely different ways, you'll find commonality, more commonalities that way than Mm -hmm. just like talking about work and current TV shows. I honestly want everyone listening who has a dating profile to go and read the first two sentences of their profile Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. ask themselves if they really need them. If it really tells any specific information about you, Mm -hmm. if it qualifies the reason that you're there or is just preamble, because you might just be able to cut, cut it out and just dive right into the meat of it. And then please don't waste any profile space saying, I need him to be honest and sweet and sexy because that is a given. You wouldn't swipe yeah. right if they weren't that. Right. So what's the layer beneath that that you can share? Right, 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 right. And now a word from our brand partner. I am so 
excited to be partnering with American Girl. This episode is brought to you by Bitty Baby from American Girl. When I was growing up, I had a doll and I named it Mikey and I took he or she, whatever I thought it was, wherever I went. I just remember how important it was for me to have that companion. And now looking back on it, I see the importance of imaginative play in helping guide a child's early growth. Having someone to talk to, having someone to be silly with, having someone to just speak gibberish with is just, it's really so important. And I see Sunny start to do it with like invisible friends and his little toys. And so I'm just so excited excited to be partnering with American Girl to chat about their bitty baby. It's the cutest thing ever. It's the best way for moms to introduce their little ones to the world of American Girl. So any little ones out there, any moms out there that are thinking about starting with a doll, try the bitty baby. Sunny loves to like sit it up with him as we're reading books. It sits with him and watches TV with him. It's something that he can bounce his ideas off of. And it's so cute to see this interaction. A little bit more about Bitty Baby. Bitty Babies are customizable dolls. You can customize accessories, outfits, and encourage your kids to act out moments of kindness and care. This year, Bitty Baby is getting a whole new look with new designs and colors, plus matching clothes for girls so she can coordinate her look. How cute is that? Bitty Baby gives your kids so many moments to enjoy that will inspire kindness for a lifetime. You get an exclusive one-time offer of 15% off your order of Bitty Baby products with promo code WITHWIT at AmericanGirl.com. That's AmericanGirl.com promo code WITHWIT. Exclusions include the 18-inch dolls, Courtney Arcade, and Bitty Baby Furniture. See AmericanGirl.com slash BB podcast for details. And now back to our conversation. A lot of girls want to know how to really know if a guy's actually interested in you or is just using you. I would say that most men will show you through their actions how they actually yeah. feel about you. So are his words in alignment with his actions, first of all? Like, uh -huh. does he pump uh -huh. your head full of like, you're so beautiful. I care so much about you. This is, you're so great. And then cancels dates on you, you know, an hour before. Mm -hmm. The action is going to speak louder than, than the words. And sometimes that creates dissonance. And that's when we say, I don't know if he's into me. Right. Because we fall in love with the words. We fall in love with the idea. Right. And then the reality of it isn't as great as what we've conjured up in our head. Right. So that's the first thing you got to do. And then mm -hmm. the second thing I would say is to, to really to get curious, to ask, mm -hmm. to ask questions. Right. Because we're all so busy. I find that so many times daters will tell me they don't, they don't want to look foolish. They don't want to be rejected. Right. This they want to be vulnerable without being too forward. In this fear of rejection, it keeps us from actually saying what's on our mind. So want. everybody's mm -hmm. so playing it so cool mm -hmm. that they don't get their needs met because they haven't actually expressed it. And right. trust me, like I knew from the beginning, my husband was relationship minded. He was he was not on dating apps to play. Like I knew as well. Yeah. Right. It was very, mm -hmm. very clear. I, mm -hmm. there's another story. One of his best friends, he was, he was dating this girl, this woman, um, 
sophisticated woman who was, she was approaching 40 and she was just really in a hurry for things to move along. And she, she actually started calling him the egg thief because she (laughs) felt like he he was was stealing her time, just taking her her time. And she was like, (laughs) you know, I don't really know where this is going. I don't know if he's interested in a relationship or like, I mean, they were in a relationship, but I don't know if he wants to get married. I don't know if he wants to have a baby. And Mm -hmm. ultimately they broke up. And I kid you not, within six months, he had gotten another girl pregnant and had proposed to her. And now, I mean, it's been over 10 years and they're still together. And it was like, he was relationship minded. Right. Just not with her, with he her, sure with her. And then right. when he met the right person very quickly, very quickly, he let it be known he was what ready. his intentions yeah. were. So yeah, she never, yeah. The, his wife never asked the question. What does he want? Right. Very right. Cause he knew totally. So true. Okay. Someone asking any advice for dating post-divorce. Great question. And mm-hmm. the first thing I would say is dating apps, dating apps, dating apps. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I just think it's such a useful tool when you are new on the dating scene and maybe like your your social circle is sort of set. You know, you've already mm-hmm. been married. You, you know, it's especially helpful for single moms because totally ladies, you don't have a lot of time. <laughs> so you have to be efficient and you can do all of that screening from your phone and then right. just save the babysitting money for for the ones that, that are worth it. That are worth it. Right, right. The other thing I would say is to really get clear on what you need now because what you needed in a relationship bef- the first time you got mm-hmm. married may be completely different yeah, that than is what so you need important. now. And we tend That's to so date, important. yeah, based on like the patterns we were saying earlier right. and, and familiarity. That's a lot of what attraction is. It's just the familiarity. Right. Oh, this person, it, it, I see it go both in one of two ways as a, when someone is divorced, it's either they end up being with someone who's a carbon copy of their ex, but in just like a different, different packaging form. Yeah. Or they're like, (laughs) I need to date someone completely different. And they Mm -hmm. do a complete 180 in the other direction. So we really need to pause and just Mm -hmm. see what is it that you need right now. But a a lot of times I I get asked, how much time should you give it after a divorce or after a breakup? And I I, I think, you know, it depends on the relationship. And Sometimes you're in a relationship, but you're not really in a relationship. You're not really emotionally invested anymore. So, I mean, you could be ready to date tomorrow if you've done the other work to get to do your self-care, your mental health, and then get clear on what you're looking for. Right, right. I agree. I agree with that. And now a word from our brain partner. All right. Who's ready for the weekend? OMG, it's Tuesday for you. It's Thursday for me, Thursday afternoon at 2.30. And so my mind, 
is like already on the weekend. And right now I'm currently thinking about throwing Sunny's fourth birthday party, which is happening on Saturday, which will have already happened if you're listening to this. But I'm thinking about how even though the party's from 10 to 1, parents still want something to drink and they want something refreshing and something light and crisp. And I'm so excited because this actually goes along with one of our brand partners, Coors Pure, which is the beer of choice to serve at Sunny's birthday because it will go along perfectly with the tacos and quesadillas and chips we got. It's super light and refreshing and exactly what a parent wants. And it's organic. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel this pressure to lead a balanced life, but I really want to enjoy myself. You know, I work out as much as I possibly can, eat healthy as much as I possibly can, keep up with the wellness trends. And you feel like you're trying so hard all the time. And honestly, sometimes just like getting a walk outside to take five deep breaths feels like a win. Those are the days to grab, of course, pure. It's like I said, it's all about celebrating the wins of everyday life. It's organic, but chill about it. Exactly what I want this birthday party to be like. I want it to be like organic, chill, fun. If anybody's looking for a new drink to try this weekend, Coors Pure Organic is the new thing to get into. It's just the perfect refreshing drink for the summer. And summer's still around, okay? It's not going anywhere. So go to CoorsPure.com slash withwit to see where you can find Coors Pure. One more time, that's Coors, C-O-O-R-S, pure, P-U-R-E, dot com slash withwit to see where you can find Coors Pure. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Albany, Georgia. And now back to our chat. I want to talk about this article that you wrote for the Washington Post titled Date Lab Daters Say They Don't Tolerate Racial Bias but their actions say they do have racial preferences. Like, can you tell us about this? Like, do you feel like it's dating preference or racial bias? Well, I think this is important when we look at it through the lens of what is on our list. You know, everyone had a list or has a list. And I feel like the list really keeps us, it keeps us imprisoned in a certain way of thinking. We'll reject certain options that really could be great partners for us because Mm -hmm. we're dating by this checklist. And a lot of times the checklist is driven not even by our own expectations. It's driven by like our societal expectations or this fairy What other people want for you. Or yeah, Mm -hmm. what your parents have said. And Mm -hmm. what I'm interested in doing and what I aimed to do with that article was to unpack those unconscious biases that we have we have carried with us as our dating preference. And mm-hmm. a lot of times, without even realizing it, it does line up with race because mm-hmm. we are attracted to that which is familiar to us. Mm-hmm. And it's a biological thing that to be sort of repelled by something that is different because in evolution, we we should be fearful because we don't know what's going to happen with some mm-hmm. something or someone that's different, that's outside mm-hmm. of our community, right? Right, right, right. We don't, we're no longer Neanderthals. <laughs> we don't live in that world. And especially, you know, I live in the United States. I live in Los Angeles in a very diverse city. And mm-hmm. I see that there's a ton of opportunity by blending 
those cultural barriers and by by bridging the gaps. And I think loving someone, knowing someone of another culture is the best way to educate yourself and to mm-hmm. to inspire tolerance. Like it's been shown, I'm, I'm a parent. I know you're a parent. Mm-hmm. It's been shown that kids who grow up in an, in an environment where they see positive interactions between other cultures, even if they don't interact with the other culture, they have a more positive viewpoint of that culture and a more open worldview. And yes. so I'm just kind of applying that to dating and I'm peeling back the, the layers of when we say, well, I just don't, I don't date black guys or I don't date Asian guys. It's I'm like, why? Asking why. And yeah. yeah. And I got a lot of letters from people who, you know, consider themselves very open and, you know, even feel like they're advocating for, for diversity and, you know, mm-hmm. supporting Black Lives Matter, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. And yet they had never examined why it is that they have never dated someone black. And I thought about that for myself. Right. right. I thought about that for myself. A hundred percent. Like I've thought about that now. Like I, I wondered why I wanted to, like I was always attracted, but I'm like, what, what was subconsciously happening? And I think that everybody has to take a look at that. A lot of people didn't want to take a look at that. though. No, I I know it's hard. It's it's hard for me to even say out loud. It's hard for me to even say out loud and to say that that's something that I had to ask myself and be like, wait, why? Because I, I I, like you live in Los Angeles. Like it's very important for me to live in a community like that and to for Sunny to have access and for like, like it's, it's so important. And I, I, and I grew up in Los Angeles, but I have, it's important for everyone to take a look at that and apply that. Like you said, not only to your children and dating, but like to your entire life and how you look, you know, how you look at all of your connections and relationships. Yeah. And so the why process that I talked about in that article is something that I mm-hmm. apply to everything on your list. Yeah. Not just race. Yeah. But if yeah. you tell me I must meet a man who makes, you know, a quarter million dollars a year, I'm going to ask you why? Why is that important? And then we're going to unpack that through a series of whys and get to the core of, is it really that you need, you need someone to make a quarter million dollars? Or is it actually that you need to feel safe and secure? Or you need to feel like someone Mm -hmm. is not taking the money that you've worked really hard to build. I'm interested in what is the layer underneath that? Because I think that is more instructive in matching than, than matching based on a checklist. If you as a dater recognize a certain pattern, that's what I'm really interested in. Let's identify patterns that we have that we want to shift and then make choices to change those patterns. And I actually did the same thing myself when I was dating. I realized that, you know, I was dating a lot of these actor, writer, musicians types. And I was, I was dating a lot of men who were not really valuing me as a person. And I created this dating plan I called Operation Date Nice Guys. I I could have probably been more specific, but I did a lot of other work to clarify what that meant to me. But I, mm-hmm. I, I literally would check in with my girlfriends at work in the morning and they'd be like, how's Operation DNG going? I'm like, oh, yeah. But even <laughs> just, just having that idea in my head really made it so that when I was meeting people, I was evaluating them on a different 
level. It wasn't just mm-hmm. feeling the butterflies chemistry that a mm-hmm. lot of times we fall for. It was on a deeper level, how am I connecting to this human? And am I curious about him? Am I mm-hmm. what am I wanting to know more about how he thinks? And is he curious mm-hmm. about me? <laughs> That's yes, the other part. Right. And so right, I try right. to teach my clients to go based on curiosity and not based on initial attraction. But honestly, if I hadn't stopped and made a plan for Operation DNG, I think my husband would have, he would have passed me by. Passed you by. That's so interesting. And I think as a friend, that's what you can highlight and try to expose too. Like instead of having judgments about their choices, instead you can try to get to the root of it and be a supportive friend and be like, why do you think that you're attracted to this person? Or why why do you think that this has become a, um, you know, and, and not in a judgmental way, but why do you think that this has become like something that you constantly do? I mean, that, that sounds judgmental, but you know what I'm saying? Like try to uncover what their motivations are instead of being judgmental. And I think for you, that is so important. The curiosity thing, that's something that actually my therapist recently told me to do. Like when I have social and a little bit of social anxiety. And when I'm, I feel like after COVID and even before COVID, I've always been someone with a little bit of social anxiety. I feel like I'm a more of a homebody. And I think just being on TV and being like this outward personality on social media, then when I get out with people, like, I don't know, it just doesn't always feel cozy for me. So she was like, instead of having anxiety about it and like worrying about how what the experience will be like, have curiosity towards it. Like, oh, I wonder what this experience is going to be like. I wonder what what's going on with this friend. Like, I'm curious to see how they're doing. Like, instead of being like, oh, they're going to ask me lots of questions or anyways, I think that this sentiment of curiosity is really important. And like, we're like, we keep getting back to not only dating, but like how you approach, you know, everything. Yeah. I, I look at, there are two really key communication skills that I think are vital in both the dating and the relationship process. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to sound non-romantic. I'm like the relationship process. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but you know what? I, you understand. What yeah. 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 The two things are curiosity, as mm-hmm. as you just said, leading with that when you're getting to know someone and then still maintaining that curiosity, because of course, in a relationship, it's going to ebb and flow. But if you're still curious about what your partner thinks about, you know, current issues in the world or how they would solve a problem and you lead with curiosity rather than trying to to shift them to your point of view or change them, that mm-hmm. will lead to a better outcome and a, probably a more more fulfilling experience for you. The other yeah. piece of, of it is listening. And this is something that is so hard for folks to develop in the dating space because we're conditioned to want to talk to get that person to like us and understand us and impress them. And really connection is actually in the listening. And this is something that I I have to help my clients cultivate throughout the dating process too. If you can build the skill of listening intently and then pausing before you respond rather than reacting immediately, that, that helps in all of your relationships, but especially as you're building a new, 
relationship, people are always asking me like, well, is this a red flag or how do I know? Or what did, I'm not sure what they're thinking. And I'm like, how about you just ask? Let's start with right. that. Ask and then honestly listen without trying to steer steer the response in a particular direction. Right. But I think that sometimes in dating, people are afraid to ask with fear of looking too needy or looking like they're moving too fast. And actually someone wrote in about feeling that way. And like, what would you say to someone? Because I always feel like I'm, I'm telling my single friends, like if you're uncertain about how they feel, just be like, Hey, just what's going on? Like, I'm cool. I want to know. So I can decide how to lead my life. You know what I mean? Like I have never had an issue asking where someone's at, but I think people, a lot of women can sometimes feel secure asking where people are at. You know, I think the insecurity comes up when you're probably asking too quickly and you actually haven't gathered all of the other information that you really need to know. And when clients come to me and they're like really in a hurry to get married or be in a relationship, they're they're basically looking to fill a hole. It's like, okay, I have this relation. I have a I have an opening for a relationship. And everyone they meet, it's like, instead of trying to connect to that human and see why, how do I feel when I'm with this person? Am I curious about them? Do I feel like getting to to build something with them? Or are, are you thinking, well, that person checks these boxes and could fit into, fit this hole. And then I would have relationship box complete. Right, right, right. If you're feeling anxious about it, you either haven't really built the foundation of getting to know that person. Because sometimes people will say, I don't know if he's really into me and I don't know where the relationship is going. And I'm like, well, are you really into them? (laughs) Someone I know too said like, I I don't even, I'm not sure if he's into me. Like, I feel like I want to know exactly how into me he is. And I was like, well, you know, if you ask him, like, he's going to ask you the same thing. And are, how do you feel about him? And she's like, well, I don't really know either. And I'm like, well, you can't, you have to really know how, you know, know how you feel before asking them and expecting that of them, you know? Yes. And we're in such a, a rush to get clarity that sometimes we don't, we, we want the relationship defined before we even have clarity ourselves because exactly. then it just feels like, well, I'm not just out here dating and just figuring it out. I have right. some sense of partnership. I don't know, something that I can show to society. It's like a, yeah, like, it's like a false sense. It's like a false sense of security in the relationship. That's not even really, doesn't even really have a foundation yet, you know? Right. So I, I say to my clients, generally, most of my clients, when they start dating someone, things start to gel into exclusivity somewhere between eight weeks and four months. So if you're past, I know people like, they're like, they're just like, Damona. They like the numbers. Give me me the the numbers. numbers. How how many messages (laughs) do I send before we go out? How long do I date before we're exclusive? Yeah. Those are the numbers, the raw numbers. If you start getting past four months and you don't have clarity yourself on where it's headed Mm -hmm. or you don't have clarity from them, first you need to get clear internally and Mm -hmm. then you need to have a conversation with them. If it's before eight weeks, what is the rush? I feel also with online dating, it this 
expectation is that you are dating multiple people until you define the relationship. And if you're trying to push things along before that point, I think you really need to ask yourself, are you falling in love with the idea of this person? Right. Or are you really knowing and knowing this person and developing a deep connection that you can build a relationship off of? Because otherwise there's no, there's no rush. There's no Right. Rush. There's no rush. I completely agree with you. I try, that's what I try to say to my single friends that are just starting those relationships to just really try to take it day by day, take it slow. And like, you're just getting to know someone too. There's so much to unpack in, in eight weeks and four months. You know what I mean? Like there's so much discovery. This was so lovely. Thank you so much. Let everyone know where they can find you and where they can listen to your podcast. Yes, they can find me on all the socials at Damona Hoffman. And Dates and Mates is my podcast. Every Tuesday, we have new episodes with different experts. I do headlines. I do Q&A, Dear Damona. And that's at datesandmates.com or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Amazing. Thank you so much, Damona. I really appreciate this. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.